there are counselors who give guidance and will probe into issues as if you have a neuroses. And that would be true if you were a mother. But if you're a stepmother, what you might be experiencing might be normal. There might be a different kind of adaptation that needs to happen than there would be for a mother. In the Blend is a podcast series that helps parents navigate life within a blended family. Join me as I speak with experts and guests to get practical advice on how to have a harmonious blended family life. This series dives deep into the unique dynamics, logistics, and challenges of raising a blended family. From new partners to juggling mixed finances, we will help guide you through it. Welcome back to In The Blend. I'm Laura Jenkins and am thrilled to kick off a fresh season, season six. So to our loyal listeners, it is fantastic to have you back. And if you're joining us for the first time, or perhaps you've just discovered this podcast, a very warm and special welcome to you. Now, if you're not familiar with my story, I am a stepmom of two teenagers now, currently 13 and 15, and we also have two children of our own who are now ages five and seven. So I've been a stepmom for a decade, uh, 10 years now, and have been through all of the things during that time. So I'm super passionate about helping others in blended families who are navigating the same challenges that naturally arise. This podcast has been going for about a year and a half now. And during that time, I have chatted with almost 50 experts on a full range of topics as they relate to living life in the blend. And I really do feel like we have only just scratched the surface. In today's episode, we have a guest who brings a unique perspective to the table. Ishana Atra is not only a child-free stepmom, but also a seasoned expert in teaching systems that can meaningfully adjust to stepfamily life. We delve into the distinctive challenges that stepparents face, the crucial role of managing your stress, and the necessity of building a very robust support circle. Our conversation also touches on the power of perception and mastering the mind in the complex realm of step-parenthood. So whether you're a child-free step-parent or not, today's discussion is brimming with practical tips and actionable advice that you're sure to find super helpful. I know I certainly did. So without further ado, let's dive in. Okay, well, welcome, Ishana. It is such a pleasure to be speaking with you today. Now, you have quite a unique background combining holistic psychology, combat PTSD treatment, empowerment coaching, and you're a stepmom yourself. So you've got the firsthand experience too. So, certainly a load of experience in this space. Lots of things I want to ask you, but to start us off, I'd love to know a little bit about your personal journey. And I understand you're a child-free stepmom as well. So I'd love to learn a little bit about that personal journey and also your professional experience and, and perhaps how, how the two have merged to lead you into your current line of work. Well, it's great to be here, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yes, certainly my professional journey has informed the way I've handled step parenting and step parenting has actually informed how I work with uh, people in, in all the kinds of coaching I do, as well as even with the combat veterans that I used to, I, the work I used to do. 
it's quite amazing how uh, much we can learn from being a stepmom, whether we're child-free or not, right? And how much we can bring in our vast life experience into, you know, that role. So being a child-free stepmom gives me a, a unique perspective uh, for, you know, other child-free stepmoms. A lot of what I learned, though, does apply to, you know, any stepmother, because there are just universal principles of health and well-being that every stepmother can benefit from. And also the research is telling us worldwide that, and I know there's a lot of it in Australia, and there's more of it in America, that there are five ways that stepmothers need to look out for themselves and to create in order to create more harmony at home. And as a child-free stepmom, those applied equally to me and to my clients, uh, you know, just as much as they apply to women with children, for sure. But one of the unique uh, dynamics that child-free stepmoms could face is if, if, if you're a woman who wants to have children of your own and you don't, and you land in a step family where your partner has children with another woman, maybe two other women, maybe three other women, right? Uh, certain feelings can arise. Uh, jealousy would be perfectly natural, perfectly normal. Grief, uh, any grief work you've done around perhaps not being able to have children uh, can be interrupted by the constant reminder by the presence of children in your life. Uh, so those are just two examples, jealousy as well as grief and also, a child-free stepmom hasn't been initiated, right, Laura, into what it's like to live with children, what it's like to be around children of all ages, and what it's like to have your life uh, really change shape in the presence of children and, and priorities. We even... Women, when when around children enough, will start to entrain hormonally and will go through these shifts. I started dreaming one of my stepchildren's dreams. We'd wake up in the morning and we would we wow. had visited each other in our dreams. So it's, I used I used to call it the abduction. It's like I, I had been abducted. <laughs> I was on this totally foreign planet of of children. So there's a lot that child-free stepmothers go through that may not be the case for for women with children. Absolutely. I know it can be so overwhelming. That was my case when I, I met my partner who had two young children at the time. And you, you go from from zero to to all in mm -hmm. uh, you know, overnight, really. So I, I completely agree with you. It's a huge adjustment. You touched on five key challenges that stepmoms faced, whether you're child-free or otherwise. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to us about what those five key challenges are? Yes, yes. And it's so empowering to learn what these are because we're all going through them. But until we can name them and see them written down and know that literally millions, right now about 30 million women in America are going through these challenges to one extent or another, it's it's empowering, right? We've normalized it. We know we're not alone. We know we're not crazy. And there are strategies associated with each. So it's very empowering. So there's actually six challenges and five keys so to success. So the six challenges are indicators that boundaries aren't uh, in place. And, and some boundaries in step family are not going to be in place. And in other uh, 
instances, boundaries need to be put in place. So let me let me tell you what I mean. So the first challenge is burst bubbles. So mm-hmm. the honeymoon period's over. We know the big popping sound, right? <laughs> this <laughs> is not the ideal nuclear family I thought it would be. Whether you're child-free or you thought bringing in your children and the other children together, they all love each other and it'd be you know, the Brady Bunch of uh, those illusions are shattered, burst bubbles, and that comes with a lot of emotions. So you have, uh, you know, grief and anger and confusion and overwhelm and disorientation, sense of betrayal, perhaps. Uh, so burst bubbles is the first big challenge. And the boundary there that's been uh, is that we can't force a nuclear family on any anyone. Right? We just can't do it. So that's a boundary that has to be in place. So we have to stop forcing it. Fragile connections is the next big challenge. And that's we're aware that, oh, maybe some bonding, positive bonding has been happening w- between the kids, maybe with each other, or maybe perhaps with, uh, you know, like in my case, I bonded instantly with my first uh, step family uh, children. And the daughter was with us full time. We'd cuddle on the recliner. And We'd sing and we'd laugh hysterically in that recliner. And then she, 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 she flipped. That was, she flipped quite, uh, in a quite a pronounced way. And, and I, I want to tell you that I've been through two extremes. I've been through, uh, a step family situation where I didn't know any of this ahead of time. And all these six challenges happened. All the boundaries were crossed and, and she had a mother who was uh, quite unstable and violent even and was giving me death threats. So that was an extreme, right? And Gosh. I moved the next, I was brave enough to try again years later and I did everything the opposite. Boundaries were up from the very beginning and it's been fantastic. So the second challenge of fragile connections is is when a child or the stepmom is feeling nervous and anxious about that bonding. Mm-hmm. And so what happened in my stepdaughter's case was um, she felt anxious about it and she actually, she threw a knife at me. Oh my goodness. Yes. This was in the first scenario. This was in the first one. Right. So I don't want to say that to scare anyone, but what I want to make uh, clear is that stepmoms, no, we're in high risk situations. Mm-hmm. These are these are this is very sensitive psychology that we walk into. There's a lot of grief, a lot of loyalty conflicts. Um, there could be a sense of anger uh, that the children are feeling, the partner's feeling, the ex is feeling, and so walking gingerly and that is important. And that's why it's important to know what these challenges are ahead of time. So, the third challenge is the too many cooks in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Literally (laughs) and figuratively. (laughs) So when when a stepmom starts to involve herself in parenting decisions and in logistics, in picking up kids from school, doing the cooking, you know, trying to, to, to negotiate around child rearing, you know, decisions, then that can lead to tension between her and her partner, between her and the, 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 the kid's mom and the kids. So that can be a boundary that's being crossed. 
So then the, for, the fourth is control issues. And that's where we feel a lot of stepmoms feel, you know, we've lost our control. Like, what happened? <laughs> we used to have control. Like when our own kids were going to eat, what they were going to eat, when they were going to bed, or if we're child free, you know, when we were going to go out dancing, when we weren't. <laughs> how, how, how late we were going to work at, at our job, you know, to go up the ladder, whatever it is how much money we were going to spend on ourselves, you know, on our savings. Uh, now we have kids in the picture. We may choose to spend money on. So, and so a lot of control issues. Uh, what are our surroundings going to be like? The noise level, uh, you know, just, just so many things that are now out of our control. And then there is the power outage. And as we work down this list, it becomes more serious. Uh, it's, it's harder to pull back from. So power outage is when the parent that you're partnered with has lost the ability to make um, a healthy parenting decision. And that could be due to parental alienation. Um, that could be due to their own fear uh, that may not even be related to the ex, but their own fear of losing the love of, of their, their children. Um, it could be that the children just are not adjusting and they're not responding to parenting. Uh, so an addiction, uh, there, we're seeing more and more addiction among youth of all kinds, gaming, drugs, alcohol, and that's a power outage for the parent. And then the stepmom is living in that environment where their partner, even with the best of intentions, is not able to protect her from that, ten that tense environment, right? Yes. Yes. And so Heavy. then the final one is burnout and that's self-explanatory. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I want to end on a down note. There's a no. lot we can do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know. Look, I think I think you've summarized those challenges nicely there. And um, it just what was going through my head as you were speaking was there's such a diverse rich range of things that different stepmums feel depending on their circumstance and their their individual situation so it really was highlighting for me that there is just this this plethora of different different emotions and and challenges that stepmums can face yes. um, so how how do we go then about giving them the keys to unlock some of these challenges. Yes. Great, great, great. Yes. So I have a, a shorthand. It's called, I always reverse it in my own head, um, BDAB, BDAB. So B-D-A-B, before, during, after, and between. So stress management occurs at all these stages. And depending on what, you know, if it's before the tough situation, before, you know, walking into the room and seeing everybody cuddling on the couch and you're excluded, right? Right. But you, before that, there are some steps you can take. And during that, uh, when you're seeing it, there are steps you can take to reduce your stress afterwards. And then between that incident and when it happens again. So I like to break stress management down into those four stages because they're very different. Each one is very different. Uh, if we, if we think of step parenting, this is all about mindset as an X sport or an extreme sport. It's very helpful. It's very helpful. It can be, it can make it seem daunting, but it also can focus us, right? Like 
okay, wait a second. This may not be something I can just wing. You know, this I can't just just like improvise this for twenty years. Yes, right. Uh, a glacier climber, for example, there's all of this preparation ahead of time, and this this is the before, right in the BDAP before gets to know, you know, know, understands glaciers, understands melting, you know, knows the kind of equipment that's going to work, uh, checks the weather conditions, decides whether or not to even go up that day, right? May change, right? It's not a competition. They have nothing to lose if they don't do it that day. So it's a different mindset. So with a stepmom, planning. Planning is absolutely crucial. And what the research is telling us is that when we live in a constant state of stress, our cortisol is elevated and it's harder to have a relaxation response. So all, all the best advice about breathe, meditate, um, take a, and this is all good advice when you're not in a constant state of, of stress, mm -hmm. uh, you know, go for a long walk, right? Punch the punching bag. It's great. Great advice. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when we're in a constant state of stress, we may physiologically may not be able to gain as much benefit from that. But what they're finding is that there is something called an anticipatory stress regulation. And we do, we get that, we access that physiological shift into stress regulation by planning, by anticipating the stressful situation and planning for it ahead of time. Pretty mm -hmm. powerful. Right. So yeah. we walk, we walk to the room. We know that when we walk in there, they're going to be cuddling on that couch, but we've been doing our planning. Like maybe the week prior, we met with our coach and we planned out what, what we're going to do. So when we see that happening, our body, our mind, we don't have as high of a, a stress response. Yes. So that's very important. So I teach planning. I have, a, I have a stop the drama in 30 days method. It's all about planning. And then there's during, so BDAB, B-D-A-B, during, during the stress. So now you're seeing them cuddling on the couch. You've had this plan. It's great. And part of your plan is what are you going to do when you see them? And this is where a lot of women benefit from a mantra, from noticing their breath in that moment, from thinking to themselves, okay, what I'm seeing is my stepkids attaching to their parent in a healthy way. This is good. This is good. This is not personal. This has nothing to do with excluding me. I feel left out, but they are not leaving me out. Right? Yes. So so there's there's a certain amount of self-talk that during. And then there is after. So how do we recover after? And my work with combat veterans taught me a lot about this. Uh a stress response during during a stressful experience needs to be dealt with afterwards. Like during, we're engaged in a whole different way of thinking. Our body is reacting. We're not, certain tools are just not going to work for us. So afterwards, the sooner we can return to baseline, our normal state, the better. So that our amygdala doesn't get stuck there in that yep. high stress place. So there are tools like heart math, that art, uh, creative art, expressing what you're feeling. Uh, regulating your breathing is a very powerful method for bringing back to baseline. So that's an example of what you can do after. You can process it with your counselor. 
And then there's the between. Okay, so the between is is where so much of the meat happens because the between is where the keys really kick in. So I said there were five keys, right? Mm-hmm. There is expert insight. That's key number one. So that time in between, you have all this opportunity to read, to listen to Laura's podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> to talk to your step family coach or step family counselor, get expert insight. Self care, build up your resilience. There are eight ways to build up your resilience. I cover those in, in my uh, assessment tools and on, on my website and also in the ebook. And so, so you want to build up your resilience between. And then there is the household structure. What are you going to negotiate with your partner? behind the scenes, between stressful events around household structure and outsider boundaries. Are there any, is there any influence coming in from people who don't live in the home that is affecting that tough situation? So if so, you address that between, you know, between incidents. So that's the between. So DB, I see I always reverse it, BDAB, and you just rinse and repeat. The example that you described imagining that's what you're going to see and then when you actually see it it's not such a a surprise or such a shock and the impact that that stressful impact is less because you've you've imagined it prior is that right yes that's a piece of it the the imagining prior the rehearsal and the other piece of it is to have a plan that really gives you confidence because when you feel that yes i i could succeed at this that's that's when that anticipatory stress regulation really kicks in physiologically. And so you want to work with tools that you know are based in expert insights that you can have confidence in and that you know you can handle as well, that you're ready for. Yes. I really like the analogy to extreme sports as well. I think that's great. And (laughs) they do have to train. They have to train really hard to go and participate in that level and and your earlier comment around the knife being thrown which is so frightening yeah that's a that's a practical example that this can be an extreme sport as well and it's yes it's it's about really you've got to do the work don't you you've got to prepare yourself for Mm -hmm. for the role that that you've stepped into yes and that that knife being thrown is is just if we thought of it as a metaphor, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. it doesn't have to be a literal knife that gets thrown. You know, it, no. could, be the, it could be the eye roll, you know, yeah. and, and each woman has, you know, we all come with our own history, our own triggers. You know, there's, there's a lot of women who have attachment trauma, who have trauma from other, you know, types of experiences, perhaps have just unresolved anger or wounds that aren't at the trauma level. And in a step family situation where you don't have that control and where there is some volatility potentially, and it's all kind of always lurking, those triggers are ever present. So even an eye roll for one woman could feel like a knife being thrown, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. another woman might just take the knife and throw it right into the wall and laugh, you know, (laughs) that was, that was not me. (laughs) So, um, and so it is something to be aware of, you know, it's a very tender, tender situation. That's why I'm not a one size fits all coach uh, in terms of advice or guidance. I, I really base it on each woman where you're coming from. In addition to 
where you are in your time of life. Uh, some women come into step parenting older, you know, perimenopause, uh, or even postmenopause if they've had, you know, any kind of uh, surgeries. So the hormonal regulation of cortisol, right, is very different. So being in this chronic state of, of stress, uh, there are some other strategies you might need to employ. Yes. So I know you talked about a couple of examples for how people can go about regulating that stress. So one of them was deep breathing. Another was perhaps going for a walk, turning on a podcast, going and having a talk to your coach or, or psychologist. Mm -hmm. What else can people do? Great. Right. Well, women benefit tremendously from uh, circles of support. Uh, we have a we have a, a profound physiological response when we are supported. It doesn't necessarily have to be by other women, but it tends to be, especially women we don't have to explain ourselves to. So if you set up for yourself a, a, a circle of support, and these are these are women. They could also be men. They could be you know gender neutral. It's people who you feel safe with, who you know get you, and. People, you can. I like the idea of having a hotline number. So, I had a friend, and we were buddies. We were stepmom buddies, and we had codes that we could send to each other on our texts, so that if anybody in our step family saw our texts, it wouldn't look, it wouldn't be awkward. So we had little code words where if we were in trouble and we needed some support, or if we wanted to remind each other to you know go for it, we had. I would tell her to breathe. That was her. <laughs> a reminder that she needed. Yeah. <laughs> so you can have a circle of support. That's that's huge. The studies all show that stepmoms without a circle of support do not fare well. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Having the having the friend on, on text who you can yeah. have on hand right there. Yes. But and you could say the fun things like the crow flies at midnight, you know, <laughs> use codes. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever works, whatever works. And I think as well, just just to touch on the circle of support, it is, it's quite difficult if you haven't been a stepmom to understand what it's really like. Mm -hmm. And so having people who are either stepmoms or they're professionals in that space who've worked with a lot of stepmoms, I think is, is really important just so that there's that, that, that complete understanding, which can can be more challenging for those who haven't fully experienced all of the ins and outs that come with the gig. Yes, and and it can and you know it can backfire, right? I, I'm sure you've heard stories of it backfiring. It's pretty common. Uh, there are friends who mean well, but they give advice that's geared towards a mother, mm -hmm. right? Who has power? The the and, and there are counselors who give guidance and will probe into issues as if you have a neuroses, right? And that would be true if you were a mother, right? But if you're a stepmother, what you might be experiencing might be normal. And there might be a, a, a different kind of ad, adapt, adaptation, right, that needs to happen than, it, than there would be for a mother. So the, the circle of support you know, being up to speed about what stepmomming is all about is just so important. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And and what other resources would you suggest, Ishana, that people can turn to to help provide them with more knowledge and tools and support um, 
if they're going through any of the challenges that you listed at the top yes. of our conversation. Yes, yes. Well, certainly I think the resources are going to depend on where you are at on the continuum of stress. So, you know, a, a low stress resource is going to look different than a chronic high stress. This has been going on, you know, for maybe six months or longer, and you're starting to see health effects. Uh, so different resources for sure. But if you're going to go to a step family, if you're going to go to a counselor or even a couple's counselor, looking for a step family trained counselor, I would say is a very important resource. And uh, and a coach is excellent for, you know, learning skills and learning strategies. We all have our perspectives and you could combine coaches. You do not have to work with one coach. Uh, and there are plenty of books out there. I would steer women more towards the current books because there's been so much research and it's less likely to be uh, taking a slant from a, a more traditional approach, like trying to be the mother, trying to be the super stepmom. And yes. then... Uh, thirdly, I would say, well, my website, <laughs> go to ishana.com. I've put together a, a DIY kit, a starter kit, uh, so that you can test it out. What does this planning look like? What does it feel like? What, how am I doing in, in terms of my stress level with these big challenges? You know, what, what are these big challenges that might be making dinner time difficult, that might be making the car ride difficult, that might be making my conversations with my partner so difficult. You know, what are the underlying challenges? What's going on? And so I have some assessments on my website you can take for that as well. And I'm putting together a course. I'm very excited about that. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's terrific. Um, are there any final tips, Ashana, that you'd like to share before we wrap up our discussion today? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, my final tip would be perception. It's about perception. So something that extreme athletes know uh, is that once they're in the middle of it on that glacier or jumped out, they've jumped out of the plane, whatever it is, right? Just like when we're, we're in step family, we're in, we've made a commitment, we've moved in our furniture, we're paying half the rent, whatever it is, we're in, Right. So at that point, it's, it's a, the one thing that you can control is your mind. And you may need help to do that. But that is the one thing you can control. And that stress is a matter of perception. It's a matter of perceived threat. So when we can shift our perception, it's amazing what gets unlocked, what potential gets unlocked. So I have a motto that is perception, not perfection. I so, love it. Yeah, aim for that. Love it. It's so true. It's it's all what's up here, isn't it? And, it and is. controlling controlling the controllables. Yes, and, and it, it sounds um, easier than it is. So that's why that circle of support mm -hmm. is so important. Absolutely. Oh, well, Ishana, it has been such a pleasure speaking with you today. Where can listeners go to connect with you or uh, reach out if they'd like to get in touch or access any of your tools? Oh, yes. Uh, come come on over uh, to Ishana.com. That's I-I-S-H-A-N-A. -A. So two I's, S-H-A-N-A.com. And if you want to learn more about the six big challenges, the five keys, and something I call the eight queendoms, there's a definitions page and you could just add a forward slash definitions. Also, if you take the assessments, those are all in there as well. And they're in the ebook. Very empowering. Yep. 
Amazing. Thank you so much. Well, we will point to all of that in the show notes. Well, I've so enjoyed our chat. Once again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the In The Blend podcast. The show notes for this episode are available at intheblend.com.au. And if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and please rate and review in your podcasting app. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. LinkedIn.